0: Welcome back to the Sporting Max Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Becker's Facilities. High pressure washing, facility maintenance, builders clean, and commercial sanitization. They do it all. Check them out at BeckersFacilities.com.au. Here's your host, Max Becker.
1: Welcome back everyone to another episode of Sporting Max. Today we are with Essendon Bombers 250 Gamer and the General Manager of Phoenix Management, Scott Lucas. Welcome, Scott.
0: Great to be here, Max. Very keen to have a chat with you.
1: So Scott, in 2007, it was Kevin Sheedy's last game as coach and you were with the Bombers and you were reversing the Eagles. At three-quarter time, you were down by 51 points Um, and then you went and kicked seven goals in the last quarter. How did you manage that? And what did you think helped you in that last term?
0: Well, thanks for bringing that up, Max. It's always good to talk about that last quarter. Um, Look, unfortunately, we didn't win the game. Uh, I think it was just a matter of we hadn't had a great day. But I think in that last quarter, uh, we were able to get some really good centre clearances. Some midfielders started to get on top. Uh, I think Stanton had a big last quarter. Andrew Lovett, uh, Mark McVay all played really well. And uh, I was able to get on the end of some good, really good passes and uh, fortunately kick straight and away it went. But uh, unfortunately, we didn't win the game. But what we did do was make it hard for West Coast. I think they lost uh, home final in the first week of the finals on percentage because of our strong last quarter. So we buggered it up a little bit for the Eagles that year. But we were able to uh, finish off the game well and and say goodbye to Kevin Sheedy and James Hurd.
1: I uh, can jump back to your childhood. What was that experience of like three childhood years like for you?
0: Yeah, well, I grew up on a, a dairy farm near Camperdown. So mm. yep. uh, plenty of open space. Always loved my football. Uh, really liked the outdoors, which is uh, kind of important when you live on a yep. dairy farm. Uh, but yeah, I had a great childhood. Played local, local footy, played cricket locally. Uh, really good group of mates that I went to school with. So really enjoyed that time. Uh, was always keen. Rather than look at football as a as a career, I was always dreamt that I might be able to play one day. So to be able to realise that, I was really lucky. Because let's be honest, anyone that's able to yeah. play AFL, while they might be pretty good footballers. They're also very very lucky because it's a yeah. pretty good job.
1: Can you tell us about what you did throughout your junior years of footy in order to make it to the AFL?
0: Yeah. So I started off with the Camperdown. Well, back then. So it's come a long way. There was no kick when I was young. So what we do, the Lions and the Magpies used to break into teams every Saturday morning at the under-14s, and we used to play against one another about eight times for the year. So then when I got to about 13, I might have been 13, I was going to play uh, under-16s, but I broke my arm at the start of that year, so I missed that football season. And then, so as a 14 and a 15-year-old, I played with the Camperdown under-16s and uh, had a lot of fun. And both years, we won the premiership and were unbeaten. So we were twice premiers and champions, which was great. And then uh, as an under-16, uh, after some pretty good form with Camperdown, I played with the Geelong Falcons as a 16-year-old in the what was called, I think, the TAC Cup then. It might have even yep. been called uh, something different. Uh, It's now called the NAB League. But I played in the statewide under-18 competition. And then from there, I was drafted to Essendon. And that's how my career started at Essendon. But um, the the key things as a junior was just to enjoy it, listen to your coaches. And I was able to learn a lot from some great junior coaches. Played with some pretty good teammates. And I loved football. So every spare moment I got, I'd go and have a kick outside and really work on it. But it wasn't work to me. It was just having fun.
1: Yep. As a forward and a teammate of James Hurd, what was it like to play alongside him in the forward line or receive um, assists from him? Um, yeah, just like in general, what was he like as a teammate and as a person?
0: Well, Max, you got that wrong. I didn't receive any assists from Hurdy <laughs> or from Boydie because they kept shooting for goal. And <laughs> I did the same thing. If we got it, we'd shoot for goal. Uh, no, look, in all seriousness, it was great to both play, to play with both of those guys. Uh, you mentioned Hurdy. Uh, a super player, one of the really few players that could have been a great player in so many different positions, such was the broad range of skills that he had and his absolute fierce desire to compete. Like He was obsessed with winning. It's what really drove him to be the best that he could because there are plenty of players that play AFL that enjoy it or are just good at it. But the really great ones are just so driven to be the best they can be at at virtually anything that they do. And James was like that. So he was a great teammate to play with because he was an excellent leader. But he also, quite simply, he made our team better because he was so good.
1: Um, what was training like at Essendon each week from um, 94 to
0: 09? Uh, well, training changed a fair bit in my time. Max, when I got there, uh, most of the guys had jobs. So they yeah. would, uh, we would start training. We would train three nights a week. And even back then, there was really only one or two games on a Sunday. So most of the games were on a Saturday, and there was one Friday night game. And yeah. North Melbourne usually played that. So you virtually knew that you were playing most weeks on a Saturday. So we'd do, on a Monday night, we'd train at 5 o'clock, and we'd do weights and skills. And then on a Tuesday, uh, we'd do skills. And then on Thursday, we'd do weights and skills also, yep. so it's really only three sessions a week. It got to about 2000, 2001, where we started to train earlier. And we also would have an extra session in the morning. So it became, or it started to become uh, semi-professional, meaning that we no longer had the time to work at our other jobs because we're yep. having all the team meetings. We might've been doing um, Pilates or massage or a leadership meeting or an extra skill session. So it was those early 2000s. So then when I finished in 2009, we would be training at 10 o'clock in the morning rather than when I started, it was five o'clock at night so that everyone could do a day's work. So by the end, no one works and all players mm-hmm. now are AFL, uh, are full-time AFL players.
1: Uh, what was, did you, when you first came into the league, um, did you have a job? If, I did
0: if, well, it, yeah.
1: I did year was, 12. What was so, that um, transition like for you from like year 12 and a job to then in like oh 2000, 2001, that transition of having to go full time?
0: Yeah, so I started off, I did my first year at Esther, I was in year 12. So I finished that, then I did a building apprenticeship uh, and worked for that for about six or seven years. And really, I saw the full transition, Max, where in my first year working in 1996, I worked full time. And during 97 and 98, I started, I worked three days a week, but about 20 to 25 hours a week. And then after that, as the early morning sessions got later and the afternoon sessions got earlier, I was basically doing about three days a week and only four or five hours between say 10 and three, and then I'd rush off to training or nine and two. So I saw the full transition from working full-time to being unable to. And I was fortunate in my job that I had a really understanding employer. So if my boss wanted me to be there all the time, I would have had to have given up a lot earlier. But we, he yeah. was really good and liked yeah. me to keep plodding along working as a builder.
1: Uh, what was your game day routine like through, throughout your career?
0: Yeah, look, I um, uh, I was... I wouldn't say I was superstitious, but I had a really a set routine that I I like to get up as late as possible. Um, I used to have pasta the night before the game. Um, I used to go for a walk the dog uh, before in the morning and then early afternoon just to keep the legs moving. I didn't want to sit all day. A lot of my teammates used to like to have a little sleep in the afternoon before a night game, but uh, I preferred not to do that because uh, yeah. I felt I used to get a little bit sleepy as a result. Uh, a day game, you basically, you would get up, have a bit of a breakfast, go for a walk and head to the ground. But night games were a longer day where you had, uh, you had to waste a bit of time sitting around waiting for the game.
1: Uh, Matthew Lloyd, what was he like? What was it like playing in the forward line with him?
0: Oh, look, Lloyd, he, uh, was a great player. Uh, he played full forward for most of my career and I played at centre-half forward. Uh, he was just an outstanding mark uh, and kick for goal. And the key thing with all the great players, Max, I find, is there's no real secrets. They just work, whilst they're really talented, they also work extremely hard on their footy. So it'd be nothing for lloydie to have 100 extra shots of training a week on his goal kicking. He always liked to do a, a lot <clears> of one-on-one marking. So he was always working on the areas that really were the key to his game. So if you were the fullback like Fletch, Well, goal kicking wasn't something you needed to do. You'd go and do a bit of spoiling or kick. He would do all the kicking out, whereas Lloydy would always be working on his goal kicking. Yeah. And he was a really good leader too. So he captained the team I played in after Hurdy retired.
1: What did Kevin Sheedy do for you as a coach and also as a person?
0: Yeah, well, I moved down Max to Melbourne when I just turned 17. So... In one sense, he was, he was that fatherly figure also. So I moved yeah. in with a host family whilst I was at school. But uh, we had sheets there and he was just really helpful. Um, and so were all my teammates. Like I, there was a lot of teammates that perhaps were late 20s. So they're a lot older than me and they're really experienced. So what I do say about football is it provides you an opportunity to learn for some really good people that are smart people. And that helped me a lot.
1: Uh, What's your most memorable moment at Essendon?
0: Uh, Without doubt, Max, the 2000 Premiership. So we had a great team that year. We lost our first game in the second last game of the year. So we almost went through undefeated. And then uh, we had a great final series where we won each final by in excess of 10 goals. So we're a really dominant team. And that was so much fun because that's why you all play football. You play football to have team success. And uh, we were able to do that in 2000. But at the same time, my biggest disappointment was only winning one premiership because in 1999, we finished on top of the ladder and we had a great team, but we lost in the preliminary final. And then in 2001, we finished on top and Brisbane beat us. And whilst that was really disappointing, they were playing the better football at that time of year. Hmm.
1: Uh, you're head coach of the V-Squad. Tell us about what that that program does and what you do as yeah. part of that program.
0: Yeah, so now that I've retired and I'm working, Max, uh, I, I work in, in player management uh, at Phoenix Management Group. And within that, the V-Squad is a junior football development program. So yep. we look at all the talented under-12 players around Victoria and provide them an opportunity to come in and learn from some really great coaches uh, we work on everything from your, your skills to how you play the game and game plans. And then we do nutrition, hydration, goal setting, time management, all yep. the things that are really important to not only being a successful player but to be a successful uh, young person and then growing up into a man or, or a lady. Hmm.
1: Um, tell us a bit about what you do, what you've done after AFL before Um, the V squad and Phoenix management.
0: Yeah. So when I retired Max, I thought I I love football. So I was keen to stay involved in the game and for, for an ex player, it's usually via coaching. But I thought that um, I was had an interest in the administration side of things. So I did some work at the AFL and then I did some work at the players association And then an opportunity came up for me to be involved in player management and the V squad, which is what I've been doing since 2011.
1: Um, How did you become prepared for a role at Phoenix management?
0: Well, I think a lot of it is um, listening and learning throughout your playing career because the reality is that, you know, a lot of it has to, we're dealing with football. So those skills are really important. And then from a business side of things, I did some study. So it was really important to get an understanding of how the business of football works, not only the actual playing and coaching of it. So it was just so I could improve my skills and uh, be better placed to work at uh, Phoenix and uh, V Squad.
1: What's your role at Phoenix Management and um, what do you do on a weekly basis?
0: Yeah, so our job at Phoenix Management Group is to to look after the players that we manage, which is about 60-odd. And provide them, so we do everything from their contracting to we help them with budgets, um, uh, their day-to-day management, welfare, uh, they might like to be buying a house or their taxation. So we work with a lot of other people that are specialists in those fields. But a lot of it is to do with um, getting them recontracted, getting a good contract, Max, so that they can get paid well.
1: Um, how did you start off at Phoenix Management and what got you into the position that you're in now?
0: Yeah, well, the opportunity came up that a management group was um, was restructuring and selling that business and I was approached just to go in and would I like to be involved and then look to run it. So that's how I got involved and then from there we've been able to, uh, to build that business and work with some really great players and also some great people outside of footy to support our players.
1: Um, what are some of the players that you've managed or have managed?
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned before St Kilda. So we look after Paddy McCartan at St Kilda. Uh, yep. We look after David Zarakis and uh, Anthony McDonald, Tippen Woody, James Sicily, Taylor Adams, uh, Easton Wood, the premiership captain yep. at the Bulldogs. Yeah, they're just a few of the guys that we look after. Tom Papley at the Swans. Yeah.
1: What was that like with Tom Papley Um, with all the rumours and everything about him going to the Blues.
0: Yeah, so with that, uh, Max, you just sit down and have a chat with him and and you're trying to see what he would like to do uh, and whether it's possible to do that. So you want to be really respectful of what he would like to do, but you've also got to be respectful of the club that he plays for and working through a lot of discussions with them to get a good outcome for everyone. Yeah, so it was an interesting time because there was a lot happening. If you remember last year, there was also a lot to do with Tom, but also Joe Danaher from Essendon and how that was linked because the Swans were, the, I guess, the piece the, the common factor in both or the common club in both of those discussions. So just working with them.
1: What about Paddy McCartan? Because he's had a lot of head knocks. And um, what's he like at the moment and what's his state of condition? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Paddy Paddy hasn't had any luck, it's fair to say. It's been really unfortunate. But he's remained really positive and determined to play Mm -hmm. AFL again. So right now, he's going to do some training uh, with Sandringham in the VFL. And he will look to play some games with them. And I think proved not only to himself that he's good, because he's he's now allowed to play. So he's been cleared to play. So he'll look to, to play well and put his case forward to the Saints that he's good to go once again. Yeah.
1: Would he like to stay with the Saints or explore other opportunities?
0: I think he'd like to stay at the Saints, Max. I think the Saints have been really good to him. He knows that. They've looked after him. Yep. They care about him. And I think he'd like to repay that if he can.
1: Um, you've, you haven't have had stars like um, Dustin Fletcher, Easton Wood and David Zarakis. How do you manage stars like them and what do you offer or contribute to their game?
0: Well, it's pretty similar. Every player has different needs, Max. So you try and work with your player. So you have an overall view of what helps players. So showing a lot of care and understanding, being a good listener, and then working through from a playing point of view what club is best that they play at It might be that they get drafted by someone, but there's not a lot of opportunities. So you might seek those elsewhere. And then you want to provide some guidance on how they set themselves up for life after football. So then you're talking about, well, should you buy a house or should you look to uh, buy a business? What are their interests post-football? So that they're really well-situated for when their career ends for life after football. But first and foremost, you want to help them and support them to give them the best chance to play great footy.
1: What's your competitive advantage of managing your players over other agents or um, player management companies in the league?
0: Yeah, look, it's a good question, uh, Max. And I, I think everyone, we all do a similar thing, but we all have certain strengths, which is why it's a great question. Look, for us, and I work with Winston, and yep. uh, who I know you've spoken to, yep. and Winston, how we complement one another is that he has the he didn't play AFL so he has a different perspective to me who has played AFL so I think that's really one key advantage we've got Max is that we work together to do what's best for our players and having that experience within our business of someone that's been there and done that done a lot of what players go through I think is beneficial
1: Hmm. um I've heard that you go around the country to look for young players who can um, sign with Phoenix Management Group and how do you approach them in, in that scenario?
0: Yeah, so Max, we like, watch a lot of football. We watch a lot of the NAB League and school football to see who yep. the talented young players are that are coming through the system. And depending on where they live, we like to go out and meet them and, and talk about our business and, and tell them how we think we can help them. So yep. yeah, we've been to some meetings in lots of different places and travelled a fair way, but that's that's part of the work that we do. Hmm.
1: Do you have any of do any of your players have any weird or unusual game day rituals?
0: Uh, look, not that I know of. Not that I know of. I, know, I mean, when I played Max, there were always those players that used to like the pump up, the loud music, and they'd like yep. to do something like they were going to um, tear someone's arms off. They were that excited. Yep. And then the guys that would sit in the change room and almost fall asleep. They were so relaxed. Yeah. Um, I heard of players, you know, sometimes they, they wear the same jocks each week, although they wash them. Yes, so have a special a jam sandwich or some Freddo frogs before a game. So little superstitions, but nothing yep. too weird. Hmm.
1: Uh, we've recently had your player that you manage, Nick Hind, on the podcast. What's it like managing Nick and how do you manage a player like him who has um, the potential to possibly be an elite footballer?
0: Yeah, well, Nick's a little bit different because he was older when he got drafted. So yeah. Pete had been working as a plumber for several years. So, finished. so he has a unique perspective because most players come into the AFL straight out of school and have never worked, but he has. So I think that helps him. He certainly appreciates the position he's, he is in, um, but meaning that he's a little bit older, he's, he's got to play really well to, uh, yep. to establish himself but he's played some really good games not only this year but late last year so yes. we're certainly really excited by what Nick may be able to do.
1: Which one of your players takes up most of your time like is there a player who is harder to manage than um, another?
0: Uh, there's a couple that come to mind Max but I don't know whether it's a good idea to name them they might get <laughs>
1: upset uh, but look
0: some, look, some people uh, players have different circumstance now it can be Uh, If you look at it, if a player's out of contract and he might not get a new contract, there's a player that you're going to spend a lot more time with because you're seeking opportunities elsewhere to keep his career alive. Whereas sometimes a really good good player, it can be relatively straightforward. Uh, Players that suffer injuries, we're always spending a lot of time with them. And then a player who might be trying to buy a house, as an example, at, at times or occasions where we're spending extra time with players to support them through that process.
1: What's it like on Trade Week when lots of trades are happening? Like, Do you get stressed or do you thrive on it?
0: Uh, Well, it's a little bit of both. We we get great satisfaction from being able to provide, through trades, opportunities for our players at other clubs where they might be starting to not get a game and they're they're unhappy. If we can provide a club that wants them and a new opportunity the player is so happy, and we are too. There's a little bit of stress and pressure involved with it as well, Max, but that's part and parcel of what we do, and it's a time where we get a chance to really work hard for our players to, uh, to provide great opportunities for them.
1: What have you taken away from other experience in other aspects of footy that you've carried on into Phoenix management?
0: Uh, look, I think there's a really good saying Max and and players get really down when they don't play well yeah, or when the team loses. And sometimes they get incredibly happy when they win or whether that, when they play well. And that's good as well. But what I think is important is to understand that it's never as bad as it seems yeah, and it's never as good as it seems. So what we think is important is just to maintain that even keel, acknowledge that there's ups and downs and just, focus on one thing, doing your best, because that's all you can do.
1: What would be your recommendation for a kid if they wanted to get into sports management? Like, what would you no, tell th- them to do?
0: Yeah, look, I think um, if it's a player that hasn't got an AFL background, so they haven't played, they finish school, they have a love for the game, my advice would be to do some work experience in that field Uh, to do some study around business so you understand how it works from a study point of view, but to get real-life experience. Go and start watching some football, get a sense of what AFL clubs like in their players, and then you'll start being able to identify players yourself that could become great AFL players.
1: Well, thanks, Scott, for coming on and being a part of the Sporting Max podcast. It's been great to have you on
0: pleasure max you've done a great job today and you're doing a great job with your podcast
1: thanks for listening everyone stay tuned for some more sporting max podcasts
0: thanks for listening to sporting max please like this episode and follow us on itunes spotify soundcloud and tune in this episode was brought to you by becker's facilities your one-stop shop for facility maintenance services